days ago, Doug sent me a text because he's kind of on vacation and he said, uh, are we doing anything for Martin Luther King Day? I said, uh, no, there's a black preacher. And uh, so, yeah. Anyway. He said, well, check out this video and I think it would bless you. So uh, we can agree we've come a long way, but we've got a long way to go. And, uh, and God wants to do more with uh, building bridges and uh, standing a gap for one another. So we're going to get right in. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Jonah, chapter number two. And remember, we're reading from the ESV uh, version. So the Bibles underneath your seat are NIV. So it'll be slightly different than what I read uh, Better should be good. How is everybody, by, by the way? How are you? You good? You great? Excellent, excellent. It's good. Well, let's get into it. And uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my, about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I vowed I will pay Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Let us pray. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the day. This is the day that you've made, and Lord, we celebrate you. We bless you. We honor your name. And God, we, we thank you that you're here. We welcome you here. And God, we yield our members to you that you can do whatever you want to do. 
God, have your way in me, have your way in us, God. Anoint our ears and our hearts to receive from you. Anoint my tongue to speak for you. God, may your anointing destroy every yoke and every bondage. God, I pray that I would decrease and that you would explode. And God, that you would do only what you can do, that you would give sight to the blind, you would cause the deaf to hear, the mute to sing, the lame to dance, that you would even raise the dead. God, may there be a prophetic flow. Pour out a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of your son. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, so here we are reading Jonah's prayer. And the context of this prayer is where Doug stopped last week. And he ended with this question. He says, are you ready to stop rowing against the storm? Are you ready to surrender? The question coming from the story of Jonah and Jonah's fleeing from the presence of God. You know, Jonah could never outrun Uh, God's omnipresence. But we can flee from the place of hearing him. We can flee from the place of worship or uh, uh, hearing his word. Uh, uh, You know, one man said it like this, either sin will keep you from this book, this book will keep you from sin. And so we can run in those regards, we can run away from his mission. And this is the context of Jonah God gave Jonah a word to go to Nineveh and he didn't want to go because he wanted Nineveh to reap the consequences uh, of God's wrath. And so he did not want to be on mission because he knows that God is merciful, that God is gracious, that God abounds in steadfast love. So Jonah heads to Joppa to catch a ride to Tarshish. And as he's on the boat headed to Tarshish, God hurls a wind and and creates this storm. And all of a sudden there's all this chaos that's taking place. And we find that Jonah is in the inward parts of the boat taking a nap. He was so stubborn that while there was chaos going out there, he was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to sleep. The sailors wake him up like, get up, old sleeper, and call out to your God. Perhaps he will give thought to us. And then they begin to cast lots. It was kind of a way of gambling, and the, the lot fell on Jonah. And, and then the, the sailors said, well, who are you? And he says, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord God who created the lands and the seas. And they're like, well, what should we do? Because Jonah is like, Jonah told him that, you know, he was the reason for the chaos, that he was fleeing from God's presence. And they said, well, just throw me off the ship. And they're like, whatever. We're going to keep trying to row because, you know, we don't want your blood on our hands. And they're rowing and rowing and nothing's changing. Uh, the storm is even more tempestuous. Remember how Doug used the word tempestuous. And so they said, you know what? We got to throw this dude overboard. And they throw Jonah overboard, and instantly there's a calm in the storm. There's a calm outside, but Jonah's sinking. And Jonah's sinking. And Jonah is sinking. And Jonah is still sinking. And then verse 17 of chapter 1, And the Lord appointed a great fish, to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days 
and three nights. Remember Doug said that word appointed a great fish, it, it simply means that God prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. In other words, God knew the exact moment, the exact place, the exact timing when Jonah would be sinking, he sent a fish to swallow him. God prepared it. So Jonah goes from this violent storm to the bottom of the sea in the belly of a fish. And he's been there three days and three nights. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you felt like you were in over your head? <laughs> ever been in a deep, dark place in your emotions? Believing deep-rooted, dark lies about yourself? You know, the first service as we were worshiping, God brought to my mind Hebrews chapter 12 when it says, let no root of bitterness spring up among you. Context that you would not receive the grace that could be yours because it brings trouble. And I believe that in this place that we've got people that have deep-rooted bitterness in their heart and it's caused some trouble and God wants to heal us from the bitterness in our heart. See, bitterness, bitterness is, is any injury that created hurt in your life. That injury could have been a circumstance, or it could have been a lost job, it could have been a lost opportunity. That bitterness could be something that someone said to you. It could have been a situation much like Naomi and Ruth. In the book of Ruth, well, Naomi, Naomi, Naomi's husband and her sons die in Moab. And she comes back uh, to Jerusalem and they said, Naomi, Naomi. They said, she says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me because her situation created bitterness in her. She was injured by what happened to her. And sometimes our injury can keep us from experiencing what God wants us to experience. I believe that God wants to heal that today. So if there's a title for the message this morning, it's Miracle. Miracles in the deep. That God does miracles in deep places. So there might be a deep place in your heart that God wants to do a miracle. I believe it's so. So check this out. So remember the first verse. 17, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. In the very next verses, then Jonah prayed. All this other time, you don't hear Jonah saying anything. He's simply running from his assignment. He's simply running from God. God's word, God's word comes to him. And Jonah's running. But now he finds himself in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed. And I want us to take a look at some observations of this miracle in the deep. And the first observation is a really simple one. It's uh, when, you're in, when you're in deep, it's a good time to call on the Lord. When you're in deep, it's a good time to call upon the Lord. See, Jonah talks to God from the belly of a fish. Can you imagine what's going through his mind? 
He had been in the belly of this fish for three days and nights. It was either he was going to die there or he was going to have to surrender to God. I think Jonah in essence said, I don't want it to end like this. God, I know you have better for me. I don't want to settle for the bottom. So Jonah humbles himself and he cries out to God, God, I need your help. God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. You are a God that can do anything. So will you reach in the deep and rescue me? I know I've blown it. I, I know I've messed up. Uh, and I know I'm here because of my own mess. Y'all ever had that moment where you just realized that what's going on was because of you? So even when it's because of you, you can still call out to the Lord. And he says, God, will you have mercy on me? So when you find yourself in deep sea, call upon the Lord, for he has always done miracles in difficult situations. The second observation of the miracle in the deep is where you are is not the boundary of God's miracle working power. Check out verse 2. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. Jonah said, I should be a proclaimer of light and of life, and now I'm in the belly of Sheol. The belly of death is where I am, and I don't belong here because I'm connected to the author of life. You know, there's this idea that, listen, he's in the belly of Sheol, and Sheol is not just hell. Sheol is the place of death. Listen, you don't belong in the place of death. And even death is not a boundary for God's miracle-working power. I know that I've run from your word. I know that I've run from lifting my hands in worship. I know I've run from the truth, but, and I know I've run from your mission, but I can't outrun you because God is omnipresent. In the Dr. Seuss version, it goes like this. He is here. He is there. He is Mm-hmm. He is now, he is then, he will always be, he's always been. And because he is here and there and everywhere, wherever he is, he can hear. So it's a good place to call on him. I'm going to check this out. When our situations seem hopeless, there is still hope because God still hears. John says it this way in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. He says, and this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. So I pray things according to his will, he hears. And if I know he hears, then I know I got it. Jonah is knowing that God hears and knowing God has got it. So 
even here in this deep place in the belly of a fish, it's time to get the mind of God. Even in your darkness in your own deep sea, it's time to get the mind of God. And the mind of God says that there are always miracles in desolate places. Miracles have happened in, in even places of, of the dead. And if you need to get a referral, ask Lazarus. Ask Jairus' daughter, ask the Shunammite son, ask Jesus himself. Even death is not a boundary for God. So that means where you are now is not the boundary of God's miracle working power. Where you are is not too far from God's hearing. God can hear you right where you are. Just call him. The third observation of the miracle in the deep is, it may look like it, but God's not done. And if God's not done, there means there's still hope. Check out Jonah's prayer for, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. So maybe like Jonah, you find yourself off mission. And like Jonah, we find ourselves in conditions that are designed to get our attention. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes we think the condition is to tell us that God's done with us, but the condition is to get our, our attention so that we are set up for redemption. Yeah, that's right. There is still hope. See, when you, when you, when you check it out, as long as there's breath in your lungs, you can call out to a Savior who will rescue you. I mean, when you read this, Jonah is kind of feeling like maybe what he did was too much that now God is chasing him away from his presence. Have you ever had that moment that you was like, well, God's just done with me. He's just mad at me. And so all this chaos is happening. No, 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 no. You've misinterpreted. You misunderstood. The condition was just to get your attention. So all of a sudden you find Jonah says, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. I think Jonah is remembering the prayer of Solomon in, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 38. He says, whatever prayer, whatever plea is made by any man or by all your people Israel, each knowing the affliction of his own heart and stretching out his hands towards his house or towards this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and render to each whose heart you know. Solomon says, God, wherever, uh, whatever prayer, uh, whatever plea is made by your people, when they're looking towards your temple, God, would you hear? Would you act? And would you render? And so Jonah finds himself as he's sinking, looking toward a holy temple. Looking to a temple of the gracious God. You, you, you look into the temple of one who is good and one who delights to show mercy. When we look to his holy temple, we look to a gracious, merciful, good God. And yes, he is angry, but he's only angry for a moment. Just a moment. 
And yes, he is angry with the wicked every day. But he says he delights. He doesn't delight in them perishing. Why? Because he's merciful. He's gracious. He's good. When asked, show me your glory, he said, let me let you see my goodness. He could have showed all, anything, but he decided to let you know that I'm good, I'm gracious, I'm merciful. The weeping prophet says of this God, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21, this is Jeremiah the prophet. He says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. I call it to mind, and now I got hope. I remember, and now I got hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Come on. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. He's calling to mind the steadfast love of the Lord that does not run dry. It never ceases. His mercies, they don't come to end. In fact, every day I wake up, I wake up to new mercy. So you can wake up and say, good morning, mercy. Good morning, mercy. Good morning, mercy. They're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Even when we're faithless, he remains faithful because he don't change because we do. He can't deny himself. I'm just faithful. That's just who I am. Might as well be me. And he says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him, in deep places, I will hope in him. In dark places, I will hope in him. In the belly of a fish, I will hope in him. I will look toward his holy temple. The fourth observation of the miracle in the deep is mercy doesn't always look like mercy. But we must know God is merciful. Check it out. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, oh Lord my God. Wait a minute, check this out. He's in the deep. He's sinking, he's sinking, he's sinking, he's thinking, listen, death is about, I'm about to have a meet, have an appointment with death. But all of a sudden, God sends a fish and swallows him. See, the fish was not God's judgment. The fish was God's mercy. Didn't look like mercy. He was probably having a Jaws moment. I mean, didn't look like mercy. It looked like death. But God showed grace and he sent a fish to swallow up Jonah. See, Jonah was not lunch for the fish. The fish was mercy for Jonah. And even that is a miracle in the deep. (laughs) Come on, I'm thinking this. I don't know about you, but I read that. I'm like, okay, he was in the, the belly of a fish. How long? Three days and three nights. 
I'm thinking 30 minutes, like, <laughs> the digestional fluid just killing them, breaking them down. I'm sorry, Prudence. She was like, ew. <laughs> but come on, throw your imagination in there. And so God stayed Jonah's life in what did not look like mercy, but it was mercy. Giving Jonah an opportunity to turn and repent. Three days and three nights, I'm thinking like the first day I'm still alive. (laughs) Something's wrong with this. But three days and three nights, Jonah is still alive. Why? Because God's waiting for Jonah to turn. Some of you are asking, why am I still here? Because God's waiting for a turn. Revelations chapter 2, verse 21 says that God was waiting for her to, to repent. And so he, he let time pass by because he was waiting for her to repent. He, it says, I gave her time to repent, but she refused to repent of her sexual morality. He was talking about uh, uh, the false bride. And he says, I waited for her. I gave her time. So I can give you an opportunity to turn. Sometimes mercy doesn't look like mercy. God used a fish to give Jonah an opportunity to cry out to him, to remember. He wanted to give him time to get it right. The fifth observation of the miracle in the deep is in view of his mercies, present yourselves to God. Keep reading. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jonah is looking at his life as it's fainting away, and he starts to bring back, he starts to remember the Lord. And then he says, And my prayer from the belly of a fish in the deep sea reached all the way up into heaven. And I was reminded that those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. In other words, as long as I let this bitterness that's creating the idol in my heart, Stay there or forsake the mercy that could be mine. There is mercy for us. When we tear down these false messages and these false images, that's what idols do. They give you false messages and false images. A false message, you know, you aren't worth anything. Your dad told you that you weren't worth anything and you believed it and it became bitterness in your heart. Or you got abandoned and you feel rejected by a father and you think that God's rejected you. It became a bitterness in your heart. It gave you a false image of God. And you believe the false message. Listen, God wants to heal in deep places. He does miracles there. So Jonah finally says, all right, Lord, I present myself. You know how he presented himself? He says, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, which is kind of funny because you're kind of in a fish. 
will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Jonah had a yes, Lord moment. He says, Lord, my life doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. So here, let me present it. Here, Lord, my life doesn't belong to me. Now, we don't know specifically what the vow was that Jonah made with the Lord, but I can kind of, maybe with a little conjecture, so give me a little liberty here. I think Jonah as a prophet probably said, God, wherever you send me, I'll go. Whatever you tell me to say, I'll say. But when it came to the Ninevites, it's like, "Mm mm-mm. Not them, Lord. So Jonah... And the belly of a fish says, and the belly of a, of a fish says, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you've let me live in this well for three days and three nights, but I don't want it to end here. And so the vow that I vow to you, God, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna pay it. God, if you want me to go, I'm gonna go. I don't want my life to end like this. Finally, Jonah says, salvation belongs to the Lord. It's not up to me who you save. It's not up to me for you to show mercy. In fact, God, if you want to save me, save me. I'm not even determining that. If you want to save me from this fish, you save me from this fish. But I'll die getting it right. Salvation belongs to you. My life is in your hands. In verse 10, imagine that. Immediately after he says, what I have vowed I will pay, salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. Listen, you are in position for a miracle. You know why? Because all creation obeys his voice. The fish spits him up. The storm ceases. The waters part, the walls come down, the sun stands still. All creation obeys his word. He says, in the beginning was, and God spoke in light, and it was. Why? Because creation responds to his voice. The question is, will we? See, I want you to know that Jonah is this type of Christ. Christ alluded to him. And the Pharisee said, show us a sign. He says, the only sign you'll see is a sign of Jonah. In the same way that Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days, the Son of Man would be in hell three days, who will be in the grave three days, and he's going to rise. Jonah is this type of Christ who goes into the depths of Sheol, only not because of his sin, but because of our sin. He goes in not to cry for his distress, but your distress. And in the same way the fish spit up Jonah, how many of you know that death had to spit up Jesus? The Spirit raised Christ to life, and that same Spirit is able to raise you from your Sheol moments, from your dead moments, from your difficult moments. He's able to snatch you from the grips of death, hell, and the grave. That same Spirit, that same Spirit is your rescuer. But only call on him. 
He will be your rescuer. Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Call upon him in your distress and he will deliver. Call upon him and he hears and you are not far from his ear. You are not too far from his hand of compassion, his hand of healing, his hand of provision. He, his hand of rescue, he will rescue you. Just call. Do you know that the Holy Spirit has hovered over deep and darkness since creation? He's hovered over dark things since creation. Your dark situation is not too deep for him. The injury that you have in your heart is not too deep for him. The hurt that you feel is not too deep for him. He is a rescuer. And he will speak life and light over you. He will feel what is empty. He will lift what's in despair. He's a good father. So much that he says, listen, let my spirit be in you. Not just in you, but upon you. He's gracious. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is merciful. He says, you being evil know how to give good gifts. If your son asks you for, for bread, would you give him a stone? How much more will I give myself to them who ask? God is just asking us to call. Will you call upon him? Will you say, God, come save me. Save me from my bitterness. Save me from my injury. Come heal me. Come rescue me. God, God, come, 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 rescue me, Jesus. And so maybe this can be your prayer. As they sing, let this be your prayer. Call upon the name of the Lord. He will save.
I just want you to rest in this moment. The Spirit of the Lord is here. And He wants to bring life to your dead places. He wants to bring light to your dark places. And so whatever that is, I just want to give you a moment to say, Lord, would you, will you heal this? God, would you hear this, heal this disappointment? God, would you heal this injury that keeps me from fulfilling mission? So Lord, we stand in your presence. say our lives are yours. And God, we acknowledge that for some of us, the place that we are in is of our own doing. We have run and we have run and we have run. Storms of rage and storms of rage. God, we don't want it to end like this. So we call to you in our distress. From the belly of Sheol, God, we cry to you. Will you come deliver? Will you come rescue? I believe the Holy Spirit is doing a work in some of your hearts. And he's bringing memories to your mind that he wants to heal. A few months ago, I was... Uh, on a trip and uh, I was in the bed just sleeping and God woke me up and he says I want to deal with the people you think failed you and it's like I don't know one, two o'clock in the morning now. my roommate is knocked out I don't know if he was snoring but I'm in the bed just weeping because there is bitterness in my heart in deep places, things that happened 15 and 20 years ago, that God's like, hey, I wanna heal that. I want that too. I didn't call you to live like that. I didn't call you to live like that. And so I would just go through the list of people. So God, I released them from my judgment. God, forgive me for holding grudges. God, forgive me for letting bitterness live in my heart. So God, would you do that to all of us? Will you heal us from our wounds? God, the places that we tried to protect from you, God, we give you access. 
this is kind of funny. I, I don't even know what to do with it, but I just kind of feel like somebody is still disappointed. As a young child, there's a gift that you asked for and you didn't receive it. God wants to heal that injury. His love is for you. And so can you rest with me for another 30 seconds or so? God, come heal us. God, we want to be different. We don't want to leave out the same way we came in. God, we want your word to happen to us. So God, happen to us, I pray. Listen, you may be in here and you feel like you, you can't do this by yourself. There'll be people at the altar to pray with you. Freedom reigns in this place. I don't know if you heard me. But freedom reigns in this place. God wants you to have freedom. And so God, we ask for a move of your spirit that will last beyond these walls. Ooh, that will follow us into our homes. That will follow us in the workplaces. And God, we give you permission to go deep. We give you permission. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer, please come. Have a super Sunday.